Welcome to Christ Church this morning. We are so glad you are here, whether you're here in person or joining us on one of our many ways to join us online. It is a great morning to come together and worship the Lord Jesus. My name is Eric Haskins. I have the joy and the privilege of being one of the pastors here at Christ Church. If this is your first time joining us, and if you are here in person, you can simply text NEW to the number on your screen, and you would be enabled to connect with us in a deeper way, which we would love to do that with you and for you. If you're online, feel free to type right in the chat, new here in your name, and we'd love to connect with you through one of our live online hosts. They are eager to say hi and get to know you a little bit more, as are the rest of us. We begin today with a responsive call to worship. And as we light the Advent wreath, and if you've been following along with us starting last week, you know, especially if you're at home, that's your cue to get your Advent candle or to gather your family around your Advent wreath. And if you forgot about that, don't worry. Go ahead in the kitchen right now and in that junk drawer, find one of those candles you have in there and catch up during the following song. Let's begin now with our call to worship. During the sacred season of Advent, we light candles on the wreath to signify God's promise to be light in the darkness. The evergreen wreath is a circle with no beginning and no end, symbolizing God's unending love and faithfulness. The first candle lit on the first Sunday of Advent represents our hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. The second candle, which we light today, represents the peace that only Jesus can bring. The Word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Come, Let us worship the God of hope and peace, the God whose love has no end, the one who left his throne in heaven and came to earth in the form of a baby to save us from our sin.
seated. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord Jesus, as we take in the scope of your love for us during these early days of this very unique Advent season, we ask, Lord Jesus, may we take to heart what we have just sung. Come, thou long-expected Jesus, born to set thy people free. From our fears and sins release us. Let us find our rest in thee. Lord, may those words express the desires of our hearts. Lord, we confess to you this morning that we have found ourselves trapped from living faithfully for you by our fears and sins. Lord, show us the distractions in our lives that block us from the all-out worship of you this Advent, Jesus. Give us hearts, Lord, that look and long for your arrival on a daily basis. Help us to live our lives where we consistently seek your presence and guidance. Lord Jesus, we do ask for your forgiveness here and now, where we have squandered the gifts you have given us on simply ourselves, where we have sought our kingdom first versus seeking your kingdom to come. Lord, we ask in light of your loving grace and truth we called ourselves to worship with today that you would forgive us for doubting and not trusting your guidance and way, for holding on to our anger instead of living in your forgiveness, for being self-serving and having a mindset of scarcity and not a generous self-sacrificial love towards others. Show us today how you can refine, purify, and forgive. May we then change our ways by your guiding grace and transforming love. We pray this in the name of Jesus, the light that leads us. Amen. Hear the truth of God's assurance of pardon and forgiveness of our sins we are given in 1 John. This is the message we have heard from God and proclaim to you that God is light and in God there is no darkness at all. If we walk in the light as God is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Heaven and nature sing and heaven. 
Thank you, Barbara. That was beautiful. Let's join our hearts and approach the throne of God with our prayers. Lord, we are so very grateful to have the opportunity to come to worship you this second Sunday of Advent. And Lord, we admit this season of Advent is different than any we have experienced. Lord, we so desire that joy we just sung about, but we need help. We ask for your help, Lord. We thank you for the many reminders of your faithful presence we have already had and received today. Lord, we ask that we may experience in deep and formative ways the expectations of hope and peace we were reminded of as we lit the Advent wreath this morning. Lord, we do so need your hope and peace more than ever before. We are grateful that you provide for us in all the seasons of our lives. And we ask in this Advent season that you fill our hearts and lives with a hope and a peace that can become a source of hope and peace for all those in our spheres of influence, whether that be family, work, or neighbors. Lord, we pray for those we know who struggle with habits and addictions and behaviors that cause much suffering and perhaps have been enhanced during this season of isolation. We ask for empathy and the courage to be guided by your spirit, to be ambassadors of your grace-empowered, active love towards them. May we be creative in how we love and build community in this strange season. Remind us again that your call in our lives is one of sacrifice and service 
no matter what is happening around us. Lord, for some here today, we realize that this season of Advent and Christmas celebrations might be filled with disappointment and heartache. Lord, we pray especially for those who are experiencing the first Christmas without that dear loved one. May they experience your hope and your peace in vivid and deep ways. No matter where we find ourselves in our journey with you today, Lord, we give thanks for your presence with us and your promise to be with us always. All of us, all of this we pray in the name of the one who was born in the manger to reveal you to us, Christ Jesus, our Lord, who teaches us to pray by praying together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen and amen. Well, if you weren't able to join us this past Wednesday, we had another one of our riveting and always informative uh, town hall meetings. If you did miss that, you can look to our archives and you can watch it at your convenience. Through this last town hall meeting, you will find information about our upcoming Christmas services. Um, you also find updates on our strategic planning process, along with some other information about our family ministry and missions ministry updates. In addition, one of the highlights from our last town hall was hearing the powerful and deep testimony of one of my friends, Barb Lillowitz, who shared her journey of how God brought her through her journey of experiencing COVID in herself and in her family. You're not going to want to miss that, and I would encourage you to look that up. Two great opportunities this Advent season to share the richness and the beauty uh, of what this season brings for us. The first is to come back every week and experience the richness of what we teach and share here every Sunday morning through our new series called The Light Leads Us. This is also a great way to invite friends and neighbors to join in at their convenience as well, especially as we know people's hearts are moved to connect with church during this time of year more than any other, most likely. In addition, this afternoon we are streaming our much-beloved and look forward to, everyone say it together, ready? Carol Fest, right? I know you're excited about that. If you're new to Christ Church and not sure what Carol Fest is, it's a beloved tradition uh, led by our own lovely uh, classic worship team where we sing familiar carols and also do selections of Handel's Messiah. If you have not set up your Christmas tree yet, it's a great one to put on your TV in your living room and have that in the background as you together as a family enjoy the richness of this season. As we approach the one year, I can hardly believe it, one year um, milestone of ex experiencing COVID together, we mourn the loss of life and livelihood for so many. The disruption to our common e economy and much of our culture and personal plans. 
One such disruption to ourselves personally as a community of faith has been the hard decision to cancel our spirit village. And you know as well as I do how important, how sought after spirit village is a tradition here in the church. It goes to support our mission partners literally across the globe. And we wanted to assure you that the cancellation of Spirit Village is no way a sign that we are not continuing that support of our mission partners across the globe. In fact, just the opposite. We have reached out to them personally, and our missions team continues to reach out to all our mission partners domestically and globally personally to see how we can come alongside them in this season. One such partner is the Pacific Garden Mission. Pacific Garden Mission, as many of you know, is one of the oldest and continuously operating gospel missions right here in the city of Chicago. It meets the physical needs of the Chicago's homeless 365 days a year. And they also provide transformational Christ-focused programs to help people discover Jesus, to help them beat addiction, restore families, give hope. And we received a letter from Stephen Welch, who is also a member here at Christ Church. And not only that, he was also a recipient years ago of the ministry of the Pacific Gospel Mission and is now on their staff. Here's the letter that he sent. In April, Stephen writes, we had a 70% COVID infection rate. We began strict guidelines on social distancing and capacity and many other safety procedures. By September, we had a perfect negative COVID test score. Our greatest challenge now was how to accommodate the homeless in winter. Pacific Garden Mission is the third largest restaurant hotel in Chicago and the only free one. We do not want to turn loved ones away due to COVID but not all the homeless in Chicago can fit into the building. We are working to expand our capacity by setting up new warming stations with additional staff throughout the mission. The goal is to help more people during the cold winter months while staying in compliance with COVID regulations. Your generosity will help us make those plans possible. Warm food, clothing, shelter, and showers are essential, but the most important thing is the gospel of Jesus Christ, which transforms lives for all eternity, Stephen writes. Over the years, we have realized that God uses the elements to reach the lost with the gospel. We hold multiple daily services with invitations to receive Christ and join with programs we offer. Everything is free, and each person who comes here meets with a counselor. Our faith-based programs last anywhere from three months to one year, and many of our guests become fully functioning followers of Jesus as a result. Please pray for the men and women and children we minister to. They are all someone's children, siblings, or parents. Thank you, Christ Church for your faithful support. Even without Spirit Village in 2020, many of our mission partners are being blessed by Christ Church beyond their normal support. We were able to provide 
Pacific Garden missions with our emergency fund to help them meet the needs Stephen described for the expanded service during the winter season months. Your generous giving makes this possible, and for that we do thank you. As we enter a new year with new challenges, I encourage you to give generously, to give consistently to our One Fund campaign so that we may continue to help partners like Pacific Garden Mission. You can give digitally by the number on your screen, and if you're in the regular habit of attending Christ Church, you know the other multiple ways, whether it's dropping it out right out front of our door, or if you're here in person, leaving in the offering basket, or texting, texting to the numbers on your screen. Through your gifts, Christ Church is piercing through the pandemic with God's restoration and hope. And again, we thank you for your faithful giving to God and his kingdom through your God's tithes and your offerings. Let's continue that worship in our giving right now.
Well, I hope and pray that already this morning in this time of worship, you have found God's peace and His encouragement uh, touching your hearts. And whether you are worshiping at home or at our Butterfield campus or here at our Oak Brook location, uh, we are one family, and it is just a joy to be together worshiping and honoring God in this season. And if you're a newcomer in the life of our church, uh, we are just really excited that you took the time to be with us here today and hope and pray that um, you'll find strength for the journey uh, through the time we spend together. I want to invite you to listen with me now to some very familiar words of Scripture, or perhaps for some of you, uh, some new words, but ones that offer hope and encouragement nonetheless. Hear now. The Word of God as it comes to us from the Gospel according to St. Luke. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. And then listen to these words from Matthew's gospel in the second chapter. And the wise men went on their way, and the star they had seen went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We've entitled this month's message series, The Light Leads Us. It's meant to make you think of those radiant angels who appeared to Mary and then to Joseph and then to the shepherds and and through them by extension to all of us, calling us to become bearers of the light ourselves. The statement, the light leads us, is meant to remind you of that famous Christmas star that moved, that was seen by the magi, the wise men of old, and was followed, and which carried them, drew them to travel a vast distance into the presence of Jesus, as you and I are still moved to go to Jesus and to bring him our very best. The phrase, the light leads us, is intended to call you to hope to keep on persevering in your hope in the midst of the face of any form of darkness that you may be facing these days because the promise of God is that the light shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot overcome it. And today I want to reflect with you on just one particular place where the light of Christmas, I think, is especially needed in a place of darkness in our time. I believe that when the history of the early 21st century is written years from now, scholars will cite not COVID-19, but the scourge of loneliness 
as perhaps the greatest shadow on our age. Amidst an era where blazing advances in technology of travel and communications have given us this unprecedented capacity to be connected with each other virtually, numerous studies have proven that an unparalleled number of us feel more alone than ever before. We are flooded with more correspondence than human beings have been at any other point in history. Up until this past year, we attended more holiday events and passed by more people than ever before, but the feeling of being genuinely connected to them, the feeling of truly being personally welcomed and known and loved becomes more and more elusive for many people in our time. At Christmas, I think that feeling can become more acute than ever. Most pastors will tell you that strangely in this season of peace and joy, so many of the people that we talk with that seek us out are feeling anything but peace and joy. In this season when people come together in so many ways, so many of the people that talk with us describe feeling so isolated, so strangely alone. Maybe you may find yourself feeling that right now. Now, you may be conscious of loved ones, people who've been important to you that are no longer there. You may be feeling that time is slipping away from you to accomplish the things that you hoped you could. You may get caught up in the impersonal rush of this season, and all of these things can come together in a way that just deepens the sense that some of us have of being awfully, strangely isolated during the Christmas season. Even after the holidays, a lot of people go on feeling this vague sense of depression that is perhaps a veiled awareness that though our lives are more crowded than ever before, many of us are all still too alone. I remember feeling that very acutely one particular winter weekend when I was just turning 21 years of age. That particular weekend, I left my college in Connecticut and I journeyed back to the town where I grew up. I'd like to tell you that I went there because I was just devoted to passing this milestone with my family, but that is not actually the truth. Honestly, I went there because I wasn't sure who else to spend the time with. Even then, I think my own life was moving too fast. I was always surrounded by a crowd. I was incredibly engaged in all kinds of activities at my university. I knew hundreds and hundreds of people, but few of them really intimately, and fewer still knew me. At least I didn't feel they knew me very well. I was a master at small talk and, and superficial engagements, but very rarely seemed to engage in the kind of really deep talk through which lifelong relationships, the really satisfying ones, are formed. As I drove from Connecticut down to New York on that gray day, I felt almost pathetically alone. I was embarrassed by the fact I actually was spending this birthday weekend, this huge milestone isolated from other people. By the time I got home, my mood was so dark 
I was so kind of discouraged about things that when my dad said, hey, Dan, I've reserved an indoor tennis court for us to go and play, I thought, oh, no. I just wanted to crawl into bed and sleep. I didn't know how I'd find the energy to play. But play I did. And a couple of hours later, I trudged back through the front door of our house, and I was feeling pretty grungy and miserable. And I remember turning the corner of the hallway and passing uh, through the living room on my way to the bedroom, hoping for a quick shower and some rest, when in the darkness, I suddenly found myself surrounded by light, an explosion of light and of sound and of color. And I looked up, and I saw streamers hung from the chandelier and across the walls. And I suddenly noticed there were mounds of food piled up on tables. There was a stack of of gifts beautifully wrapped with my name on them. But what most deeply is imprinted upon my mind, my memory, and my very heart. The thing that still brings a lump to my throat when I even remember that moment were the faces of the people that were there in that room. The faces of the people who were smiling and cheering for me. More than two dozen of my college classmates had traveled across the distance to be there, to celebrate me. Has anyone ever shown up for you like that? In 1994, my my wife Amy and our two-year-old son, Rush, and I gathered around the Christmas tree at our home in San Diego, Southern California. And, and as many of you will do, I know, in just a few weeks, uh, we enjoyed unwrapping the presents that had been prepared for that day. It was a veritable mountain of presents, as I recall. It was Jesus' birthday, but somehow I got a lot of great presents. I don't know how that works. I've always been grateful for it. I remember I received a a great tie that I wore for years. I I got a few techno gadgets. My wife knows I love those things. There were shirts. There were socks from my mom. There were a couple of excellent books to read. But the gift that I received that Christmas that has undoubtedly remained the most important to me down through the years from that time is the one that I brought to show you today that I wanted to share with you today. It is this painting that my wife, Amy, had made for me and gave me on that Christmas day in 1994. Amy had this painting of our son Rush playing on the beach in Del Mar near our home, personally painted for me. I came with an encouragement to hang this painting in my office so that no matter what I was doing in the long days or hours of the day or the night, I'd always have this reminder that there was someone 
out there someplace, perhaps on some beach, or messing up some room, or lying sleeping, or venturing across the world, as that little boy will do, to far different sands next month in the Middle East with the United States Army. Amy wanted me to remember that there was someone who once upon a time loved me with all of his heart, who thought that to share his bucket and his smile and his day with me was the happiest thing he could possibly do in the world. She wanted me to never forget that I was loved in this way. For me, that birthday party when I was 21 years of age and this painting now that I am 61 years of age are reminders of what I'm going to call simply the gift of presence. That's spelled E-N-C-E, the gift of presence. When I say that, I'm talking about the incalculably precious gift we have in the people in our lives and above all in God himself who comes to us and says, as the angel did on God's behalf to Mary, greetings, you are highly favored. Greetings, you are highly favored. You are not alone. You are seen. You are welcome, known, and loved. And God has a purpose for your life. I'm struck by the fact that the angel's appearance to Mary and the wise men's appearance at the home of the Christ child have this in common, if you think about it. Both are about the gift of presence. I know we usually focus on the objects that the wise men bring to the uh, person of Jesus, to the newborn king, but really think about it. Do you imagine that things like uh, frankincense, gold, and myrrh would have meant anything to a, a baby <laughs> a few weeks old? No, far more precious, I guarantee you, than you would, and you'd recognize this yourself, so much more precious than any of the packages they brought to the cradle's edge that day were the faces of those wise men, I bet. The faces, those smiling eyes tearing up, the, the, the faces crinkled with joy and admiration at the child as they huddled over the manger, staring into the face of their Lord that those scholars of the stars had been willing to travel so far simply to be there to tell Jesus that he also was welcome and known and loved was the most fabulous gift that they could have given, far more than anything material. You know, that is still the truth. That is still the ultimate truth. I, I would be willing to guess that that, that even more than anything that you will put in the plate during the Christmas season, it is your presence here in this time of worship that means the most to Jesus. When you could have been elsewhere doing so many other things on your list, you've chosen to be here with him 
to seek his face, to share with him your heart and your hopes in this time. Keep doing that. Keep prioritizing making the gift of presence to God as he has made it to you and makes it to me. As we continue on this Advent journey in these weeks to come, let me just also encourage us to keep extending this gift to others. Take the time, expend the energy to really be there, (laughs) to really show up for the people in our lives, and maybe even for some of the strangers that we run run into out there. Give them, too, the gift of presence. How do you do that? Well, let me just throw out some ideas. First, be as focused upon the people around you as you are when you watch someone unwrap the physical presents that you might give them at Christmas. You know how you do that on Christmas Day. You know how glued to the people in your life you are in those moments when they're opening up the gift that you gave them. You you notice how attentive you are to every expression, to the look of excitement or the look of disappointment on their face. You're glued in, right? You're totally glued into them. What if we did that every day for one another? What if we look daily upon the people in our lives with the sort of attention that notice the cast of the eye, the tremble of the lip, the turn of the smile that speaks of their delights or their sorrows, their discouragements or their hopes? What if the people in your life knew they could count on that kind of presence from you daily? Secondly, you know the energy and the thought that you put into picking out a present for somebody you really care about? You know the energy that goes into that? You just don't find most of those gifts by accident. Thankfully, now and then we do. But, but you, you think for a long time about what it is going to be the right gift. Maybe you, you, you start to gently inquire, honey, is there anything that you're needing this year or hoping for this year? Or perhaps you study and you reflect upon the needs that you observe. Is there something missing? Is there something wearing out? There must be something that she or he could really use. You know, that kind of inquiry. The important idea is that the attention that you give to discerning the needs of people around December 25 is the kind of attention that would be so wonderful if we could muster up for the people in our world other days of the year. What if we could stretch it out and make that kind of curiosity and that sort of consideration a regular part of our pattern with the people in our lives. Or finally, do you recall the the energy that some of you I know have already taken this season to get out the Christmas card? I know I've seen some come to our home. And the energy and investment that you took to write that extra note, that personal PS, those warm wishes, hey, I may be far away, but I'm with you in spirit. I'm really with you in spirit. Who do you know? Who do you know that may be too alone during this season? Who do you know who will probably still be too alone 
when this season is over that you could reach out to with that note, with that phone call, with that Zoom call, with that outreach of one kind or another to give them the gift of your presence, even if it's just in spirit. You know, for years, the folks at the Hallmark Greeting Card Company had this slogan and jingle. Some of you could recite it, that uh, when you care to send the very best, you send a Hallmark card. I might just suggest we go one better than that and say that in light of the teaching of Scripture, when you care to send the very best, you send yourself. (laughs) You go yourself. And that's what the wisest one of all did and does. The ultimate glory and the truth of this Christmas story we celebrate this year is that God himself sent himself, came himself to be there with us and for us. He came to share the human journey from the baby days on. He came to share the human experience. He came to share even the agonies of the cross. He came to give us his Holy Spirit to create a forever kind of family, his church, that we would never, ever have to be alone, truly, again. And so whether your heart is overflowing today with a sense of all of your blessings, whether it's brimming with poignant feelings over all that you've lost or all that's been disrupted or all that's going wrong in your life, whatever you're feeling and wherever you go and whoever you are, you can be sure of this. God is with you. He's truly with you in it. For I will never leave you nor forsake you, says our God. For I am with you always, even unto the end of this age, promises Jesus. And so he is. Believe this, friends. Hold on to this truth. Because his presence is the the treasure that travels with us. His presence is the gift that will never tarnish. It's the great good that brings us more and more joy. Each day we have the courage to get up again and discover it anew. When the history of this next year and indeed of this next century is written, I pray that the impact of that gift upon you and me will be evident in the way we've extended it to other people. Even if the world continues to go on, it's hurried and impersonal and fragmented away, even if the kingdom of thingdom becomes even more of the rage than it is today, even if those precious vaccines are somehow delayed and we have to rely on Zoom and FaceTime far longer than any of us would want, I pray that the record will show that you and I knew what mattered most and faithfully gave out to others as it's been given to us the gift 
of presence. Who will you bless with that gift today and in the season to come? Please pray with me. Lord, you see them. We know you see them, the people, the ones who especially need to know that they are welcome, they are known, and they are loved. So awaken in us, we pray, an awareness like you have. And not just awareness, God, but a will to move in the direction of those others with our presence. For this we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. want to say just a big thank you to you for sharing this time of worship with us. Uh, whether at home or in person, uh, it is just good to be together as the family of our Lord in this place and time. Uh, as we uh, dismiss from the physical campus today, we just thank you so much for uh, waiting for the instruction of our ushers that will come and dismiss us section by section. Thank you for observing social distance as you uh, head on out and keeping your mask on until you're out in the parking lot. Once again, whether in person uh, or uh, from home, we just are thrilled to share this season with you and hope you'll come back and join us next week. And now, beloved, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord our God lift up his countenance upon you 
and grant you his peace this day and his joy forevermore. Amen.